Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Coming up on In Flight Snack, Bilal and I previewed the AFC and NFC championship games. We also talked about the Jets players on social media, what we've seen from them this week. That's really fun. Always fun stuff going on in Jets social media. Are the Jets cursed or is there no such thing as a cursed team in the league? We answered that question. Then we also looked at some of the head coaching opportunities and openings around the league. And could the Jets end up with one of those coaches? If not now, then at some point down the road, we'll discuss all that and a whole lot more coming up right here on In-Flight Snack. It's playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action and use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, for a 50%. Welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Third line ready. The snap clean, the placement down, the kick is up, and the kick hooks to the left, but it's gone! Inside the left upright for Zerline! He's got the angle. He's got blockers. Powell working the sidelines. Powell goes all the way. Touchdown, Jets. Yo, it's Quinn Williams here, and you listen to In Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. That's Bilal Powell. I'm Rami Lavi. Good Thursday morning to everyone. It's a great time to be here. Awesome NFL week. AFC, NFC Championship game week, I guess is what you call it, coming up this week. Um, and I want to start here with you because when... I look at some of these teams and specifically the Detroit Lions. A lot of times people talk about the Jets as, oh, they're cursed. It's a cursed franchise. They'll never be good. And then I look at the Lions and I'm like, hmm, they were cursed forever. They never made it to a Super Bowl. They had 30 years of not winning a playoff game, 30 years of not hosting a playoff game. They eliminate all of that in one year. Is it possible? Does it like, what does it mean for a franchise to be cursed? They're a win away from the Super Bowl now. I mean, honestly, it's you could you could tell the emotions in that game. You can tell the emotions on the team. Uh, the city's like really, really behind the team. I mean, it, it, it's something exciting to see. But I honestly think that you know Dan Campbell has done a tremendous job with that organization his first few years there, and you know it's it's one of those things where you hope that this is a turnaround that leads to a, a tradition. You know, when you look around the league, how many teams are actually that winning tradition? You know, you can kind of go toward the Pittsburgh Steelers now and New England. But outside of that, man, there's been teams that came with a legacy and then has slowly faded away, like the Dallas Cowboys. The 49ers are starting to get back now um, to, to who they used to be. I mean, there has been organizations that came into the light of, oh, that is going to be a dynasty. Like we, we saw Seattle when, when the Legion of Doom 
when they were there. And now this just started slowly fade away. And, you know, you would hope that Dan Campbell is in this thing. He's, he's continuing to force this team to go in one direction. You know, it's funny if you ask a Patriots fan in the 90s, they'd say we are our cursed franchise. We're a terrible franchise that can't get it right. And for me and you, we can't even think of them that way, right? Like they've been as good as long as I've been alive. They've been incredible. And you, as long as you've been watching football, probably they've been incredible. So when you think about the Jets, because we always have to bring it back to the Jets as a Jets podcast and how it pertains to them. I wanted to ask you specifically, because you've been a part of those teams. How does it not change? Like, how does a team go 30 years with being bad? Like, it's different players. It's different guys coming in. When you come into an organization, you don't inherit, and especially at the time that you came in, the team was actually successful. But you don't inherit the baggage that comes with the team. How do new guys coming in, new coaches coming in, new GMs coming in, how does that manage to continue the string of bad football when there's new guys it's a totally different regime like how do some franchises seem to never get it right like the Jets for the last 15 years Uh, it's hard and and we saw what Dan Campbell is doing we saw Rex Ryan do it in New York his first couple years you're talking about AFC championship maybe oh 100% one or two plays away from playing in the Super Bowl you know we talk about that Pittsburgh game with the block punt Back was that oh oh nine oh eight that it was the block punt uh, with, two, no two thousand eleven so it was the two thousand ten season two thousand eleven playoffs yeah I mean yeah yep. so you look at one play away from being in the Super Bowl and then from there it just kind of slowly faded away again and the National Football League it's a hard league to win it's 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 hard to win in this league to to do what Bill Belichick has done over in New England to. Uh, what what now Andy Reid is doing in Kansas City. And, and now, un- honestly, you look at uh, Tomlin over in Pittsburgh. I know he's not winning, but he hasn't had a losing seat. It's hard to do that in the National Football League. So the biggest thing is just getting the right pieces and understanding you have a small window to win in this game. You have a small window and you have to have a foundation of players that are not moved because that's the biggest thing in this league is there's so much turnaround in the front office. You got scouts and guys working in the office that are being promoted. So now that guy leaves and go to another organization and you'd see players who come and go that you thought were going to help you win and they're not helping you win. And that young guy that is helping you win is now wanting to get paid in so many moving pieces. So it's all about just having that core core group of guys that you know that are a hometown stamp that does not want to move, that wants to win in that organization. They're not in it for the money. They, they, they want to win for the organization. They're loyal to the organization. And you just have to hope that in that time frame, that small time frame, that you're able to put the pieces together for a few years. Yeah, and what's so interesting about these four teams, I know last time we spoke, we talked about how the Ravens built it. They did, built it different than any other team, right? They were willing to, to go different. Uh, when you look at the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan and everything he's built there with Christian McCaffrey, building that perfect team around Brock Purdy. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Like That's the type of thing where it's like, that he's not even that good, meaning the team around him isn't even that good right now this year. He doesn't have the receivers this year. His best receivers are rookie and Rasheed Rice. And still, it doesn't matter because when it comes down to in the playoffs, he does whatever it takes to get it done. That's why Mahomes is so special. Um, and then there's the lines that we just mentioned. So to you, what is your biggest takeaway so far from the NFL playoffs, specifically from these four teams? Um, honestly, I love the energy from the Lions. The, the the way they're playing, their players are truly playing for something. It's not just that trophy. I think they're playing for the city of, of, of Detroit. And you can see it in the players, the way they're flying around. And I'm just not sold on the 49ers, man. I, I honestly don't – I'm not convinced that they're the best team in that conference. I, I do think that the Lions are the better team. I think that they're playing the best football out of the two teams that's going in. And honestly, I, I'm calling it now. Uh, I like the Lions over over the 49ers, man. And – and, and the reason is, is I just think that when you when you taste it, it, it you don't want to let it go as a player. They're smelling blood right now. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't I don't think they're going into San Francisco wanting to lose. 
And honestly, I think this this is going to be a very, very physical football game that we're going to watch this weekend. It's nuts because I, I was in Detroit last weekend. I have family there, right? And it was – you could see how much this means to the city of Detroit. You could see how much it means to the people that are there. And what Brad Holmes has done, you got to give him a ton of credit, the general manager there, what obviously Dan Campbell has done. What do you think they've done it from a team building perspective that is so different than every other team that's gotten them to this point that they took a city and a team that was downtrodden forever. They took a player, a quarterback who went to a Super Bowl with Sean McVay, one of the best coaches in the league and wasn't good enough for Sean McVay, quote unquote. So, you know, how did they take that? A guy who was essentially a throw in in the trade. Like everyone assumed when they made that math, that, that Matthew Stafford trade, Jared Goff is just going to be there until they draft the future quarterback. He's not the future quarterback. And now all of a sudden, not only is he the future quarterback, he beat Matthew Stafford in a playoff game. The rest of that trade, you look at a guy like Jameer Gibbs that they got in that trade, obviously that they nailed all those draft picks, right? They, they draft Jameer Gibbs. They draft Jameson Williams. They draft, um, uh, I, I forget what the last one was, um, Sam Laporta. All from those picks that they got from the Rams. How does a team like the Lions build a team that went from loser to like kind of like the Jets, right? Because we again, we got to talk about the Jets, and I know it sucks, but went from loser forever, no matter what, to okay, now we're a team that you think is going to the Super Bowl this year. I honestly think is you have to make it about the players. It 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 cannot be about the owner, cannot be about the GM, it cannot be about the head coach. And when you look at that team, and from our perspective, what if your look- star player thinks he's the GM and the head coach? Oh man! Boom! Shot of that. You gotta Rogers. go. Then, then, <laughs> oh, you <laughs> no, you can just tell, man, that you know I, I'm looking at Dan Campbell's demeanor on the sideline, and you can just tell he's a player's coach. You can tell those guys really love him, and and they'll go through a wall for him. And honestly, like I said, man, it's it's all about the players. And when you give a guy like Jared Goff the an opportunity. To not just say, hey, we want to just bring you in as a filler to then go on and draft a younger quarterback for our future. No, you are the future. And, and that that gives a guy a lot of confidence. And let's not forget, he did win some games when he was in L.A., when he was with the Rams. So, to me, that was, was a— the Super Bowl. A, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's, And if he put up those- 10 points in that game, he might have won. You know what I mean? Like, they lost, I think, 13-3. to three. Yeah, you know, so yeah. they needed ten more points. Yeah, I mean, that was a good defense. Tampa, I it mean, was a terrible yeah, Super Bowl, so boring. I don't know. If yeah, you remember but, that uh, game? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was a pretty boring one. But you know, for, for me, I think Jared Goff having that confidence coming over, and you know, having an organization get behind him, and not only get behind him, but put the players around him to to say, oh, okay, this organization believes in me. You can just tell the way he's throwing the ball, man. Detroit is so balanced. If you look at their offense and then their defense is flying around, the defensive line is good, man. Like it's just a well-balanced team. They're playing well on both sides of the ball. It's it's men against boys when you look at their offensive line and defensive line against other teams in the league. And that's how they built it, right? Panay Sewell is a big part of what they do. Sam Laporta is a great blocking tight end who can also receive. They have so many sets when I'm watching their games where there's three tight ends on the field and they're running pass plays out of it, you know, because they they want to run that tough, hard-nosed football. They mirror their head coach. Obviously, you draft a kid who, like, Families in Detroit know Aiden Hutchinson's family. Like he grew up there his whole life, went to Michigan, and then he's there playing for the Lions. Like, and it feels like a family affair with the entire city behind him. And you draft guys on the defensive line that are like that. You talk about the players, it's all about the players, but sometimes you need the right guy who the players mirror, right? And that's what's happened with Dan Campbell in Detroit. The players mirror what Dan Campbell has brought um, to Detroit. So now when we're seeing this head coaching cycle and a lot of great head coaches available, there's one team that struggled for a while and they're trying to bring in that guy who can be their Dan Campbell, who can be their head coach that the players mirror, a team that's been soft notoriously, a team that's been kind of made fun of and beat up on, but certainly has the talent to be a great team. And we're talking about Justin Herbert with the LA Chargers. They now bring in Jim Harbaugh. Um, obviously John's going to be coaching on Sunday against the chiefs, but Jim is coming from Michigan coming off the national title. First, I want to start because I want to ask you about Michigan, but let's start about the chargers. What does this do for Justin Herbert? What does this do for the chargers? 
Well, I think you when you look at the the track record of Harbaugh, he 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 does a good job of developing quarterbacks. We saw what he did and when he came from you know San Francisco, what he did yep. with uh, Colin, Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick. Yep. and 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 then going on to college. We know that this guy can develop young quarterbacks because he won in the NFL and then he went on to win in college football. So here's a guy that you can have. some funny memes like going from J.J. McCarthy to Justin Herbert is like upgrading from like a Toyota to like a Lexus or something like that. I don't remember. Alexis, like, oh, yeah. Lexus is not a good compliment. Oh, no, okay, fine. Like a Ferrari or whatever. I don't yeah, remember what the exact – I don't know, dude. I don't, I'm not a car guy, but it was like – the point was you're going from freaking J.J. McCarthy to now you have Justin Herbert. Like, McCarthy uh, sucks. All right. Well, continue. I mean, honestly, he's he's proven that he can win on, on both levels. And, you know, a lot of coaches cannot do that. They cannot win in college and then come win in the pros. It's either or. And, you know, there's only a select few. Um, you can look at Pete Carroll, what he did when he was at USC and, and what he did in Seattle. But um, – Here's a coach now when you talk about player development, because I think that's something we got to date back to the college times. All right. Because there's so much uh, transferring in in college where I think a lot of players are going to come undeveloped and you're going to need a really good coach. When they get to the next level, these guys are jumping from system to system that when they get to a home base in the National Football League is not just you can just up and jump here. You have to be developed. And I think that. Uh, Jim does a great job of one hiring a coach, coaches around him, good coaches that are help with player development. I think that's going to be the lack of NFL coaches is player development because of the transfer portals allowing players to just jump system to system, and then you got guys now going into their seventh year, sixth year in football. Like how much, you know, you're undeveloped if you're spending that much time because in six years, you're supposed to be going into your prime. So I think the importance of Jim coming in as a coach that knows how to handle young men and develop young men is going to help them in the future uh, with the Chargers. Yeah, that's that's huge for them. And where it leaves Michigan is weird also because this is – college like you said it's all about jumping from place to place and wanting to be where you want to get to and and now like with the transfer portal with nil with all these things it feels like guys recruiting matters more than ever and the coaching is almost secondary to the recruiting and if you i don't care how good nick saban that's what that's what made Nick saban retire that's the only thing that made him retire a hundred percent so i don't care how good the coach is and harbaugh is a great coach and he left behind a great coach Probably we'll see what happens there, but it doesn't matter how good the coach is. You don't have Harbaugh and his recruiting style. And that's kind of what, you know, why he left maybe. And it's also why whoever replaces him is not going to have the same success, in my opinion, that Harbaugh had. Yeah. And the same thing lies with Alabama, Nick Saban. Alabama is only Alabama now. It's not Alabama because Nick Saban's there. So, you know, you've seen a couple coaches reject the opportunity to go coach there. Because now is it, the NIL deals, it levels out everything else now on the playing field. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I'm at a power five school, why would I leave to go to Alabama when I can stay here and, and, and bring in my players here? Like why would I leave Oregon or Florida State to go to Alabama? You know, you might leave Washington to go to Alabama like the coach did, but you don't leave a, a, a school that's, that's able to provide the NIL money to go to Alabama now because it's, it's, it's level fields now. It's not just a coach going to sit into – a player's living room and actually have to recruit him. Now it's yeah. the parents controlling everything now as far as how much can you give my son? It's not, it's not what can you do for my son in his future. It's how much can you give him? And if you don't give it to him, it's on to the next. And I think Nick Saban, a guy who won before all of this, who was a great recruiter, still was a great coach, he got tired of seeing it. And uh, like I said, man, I, I think it's going to affect the game um, on every level, from high school, the transfer portals is affecting high school players. You know, scholarships are getting cut in half. Teams that used to take 12 players are taking five, six guys now. Um, from a being able to play seven, eight years now is affecting the younger players and, and their development. And then in the NFL, I think guys are coming in undeveloped. And, and you're going to need a coach that who you probably relied on having a veteran team that's going to have to be able to develop players like New York. Can you yeah, develop yeah. the young players? 
That's it. You have a guy like Bo Nix coming in, right? Who's like older than me and he's still in college. Um, but it's funny because also part of it is the Michigan team that won just now, that won the national title. How many seniors were on that team? How many kids who aren't going to be there next year were on that team that are either declaring for the drafts or are going to be gone? So you could see Michigan take a nosedive this year as from a national championship team. I mean, they could get... And I think Harbaugh knows that. And that's why he jumps to the NFL. Um, when you look around at the other coaching opportunities, the coaching openings right now. So the the Patriots get their guy, Gerard Mayo, right? Um, I'm sure you played against him. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and obviously the older, Raiders. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Antonio Pierce, also older than you, right? I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever... Did you guys even overlap? I don't think I never... Or, I don't, yeah. No, not, not Antonio. Maybe that... Was he the year that year in 2011, your rookie year? Was he still with the Giants or no? I don't, I don't I think don't so. Think, I'll look I don't it up. think so. Yeah, I think I think he's older than that. But yeah. Antonio Pierce, obviously keeping the job with the Raiders, he earned that. Which, by the way, changes for the Jets like a Devonte Adams trade. That's unrealistic, considering how much um, Devonte was advocating for Antonio to get that job. I think mm-hmm. that he's going to want to stick around. Brian Callahan goes to the Titans, and obviously Jim Harbaugh goes to the Chargers. The openings that are still open are the Atlanta Falcons job the Panthers job, the Seattle Seahawks job, and the commander's job. The commander's hired a new front office, a new GM. They obviously have new ownership. Unclear what's happening there. The Seahawks, obviously Pete Carroll not going there, Vrabel not going there. I don't think he's going to the commanders either because, and then the Panthers, nobody wants to go coach for that owner who's now fired head coaches mid-season in Mm back-to-back years. Nobody (laughs) wants to go down there and coach there. They may have made a giant mistake taking Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. I I wouldn't want to go there if I was a head coach and that leaves the Falcons essentially and the Falcons have had second interviews with like 15 different candidates. Literally. I, I was looking through it. It was like 15 different guys. And when you look around, it's like Belichick, Pete Carroll and Mike Vrabel all still with no job. And the only real appealing job is the Falcons job. And not all three of them are going to get that job. So what do you see happening this year with those three great head coaches? Man, I honestly thought that Pete Carroll was stepping down to possibly do what uh, Bruce Aarons did in in, in Tampa. Just go sit in well, the front Well, that's what office. they said. They put him in that front office, but he, yeah. in his press conference, sounds like he still wants to coach. So, like, mm-hmm. I think they fired him a little bit. You know what I mean? They didn't mm-hmm. want to fire him, so they said, hey, we'll move you into this role. Front and he'll stay in that role to probably stay close to it, stay around the league. But um, I, from what I understand, from what he said in his press conference, he still wants to coach. I mean, it's what is seventy one? How old is Pete? Seventy one, something like that. Yeah, he's older, 71. but he's like, I'm still, I still got 71. energy. I still want to do this. You saw that was the press conference, right? Well, then he's gonna have to go to an, an organization, um, that doesn't give him <laughs> that, that that doesn't affect his heart, his his health, man. Like at this, he's time, saying anyone but the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's a couple out there that. You know that'll give you a hurt. I don't. I don't see him going to Carolina. I just don't. I don't see that. I don't see Bill going to Carolina. I think Bill will land in Atlanta. I think so Bill, that's I what think it seemed like. There was all the momentum last week was built to Atlanta, and then it was like Arthur Blank, the owner, not sure if he wants to bring in Bill Belichick because Belichick wants to change everything and do everything his way. And the thing with Bill, the thing with Pete Carroll, you mentioned that they're older. They're both older. Bill wants the coach, the, the, the win record. That's what he's going for. That's why he's still coaching. They want a team that's on the same timeline as them. They don't want to go to a team that's in a rebuild or a couple of years away, especially like a Carolina, like a Washington. Um, the other team I mentioned on there, like the even the Seahawks, obviously Pete Carroll's not going back to the Seahawks now. Um, and so what's interesting to me is there's a real possibility, I think. I don't know about Vrabel. He might take any job. He's younger. But for Carroll and Belichick, there's a possibility they start the season without a job. And the reason I bring that up and the reason I think that's important, and I agree with you that it's very possible that he ends up in Atlanta, uh, Belichick does. But the reason I think it's important to look at maybe one of these guys is available midseason is because if the Jets get off to a slow start and Aaron Rodgers is on that timeline where he said two to three years, right? Who was the first guy that that uh, Pat McAfee brought on his show after the Belichick news was announced that he's leaving New England. He brought on Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers and and Bill, they're close. They respect each other. You have your quarterback. If it starts slow for the Jets, I know they're not firing Salah today, but if it starts slow, 
can't you see Bill Belichick or the Jets and Rogers saying, "All right, let's let's uh, let's get rid of this"? Like, I mean, we've seen this with star players everywhere. Giannis Antetokounmpo, they were thirty and thirteen, and they just fire their head coach. He's like, Doc Rivers is sitting there; he doesn't have a coaching job. I want him, a legendary coach, whatever you think of Doc. He's considered a legendary coach in the NBA. If Belichick's just sitting there on the sideline, not coaching this year, and the Jets are off to, a, I don't know, even if it's a one and three start, you don't think Rogers is going to be like, all right, let's let's bring Bill in here? I think Bill likes to run things his way, and he would have to start off as the head coach. He's he's not a guy that's – I don't think his pride would let him come in and be the cleanup guy. It has to be his way now. It has to – because he has a system that – is from from top to bottom his system that he's seen and proved for two decades, over two decades in New England of how it should be ran. And if you already have something established in the middle of the year and he comes in as the head coach, how much can he change besides just go coach? Because it's a totally different system in, in the in the way – things that would be ran by that time is already established in that season. I don't think Bill will sit around and be like, all right, come get me off the couch. I don't think it's pride to let him do that. I think he needs to be a guy that's a day one guy, your guy. Let him come in and do what he needs to do to a fair share because he is an older guy. And he and, and this generation is different. The, the game has changed, let's be honest. Um, the game is a lot younger it's not like you're, you're going in with a team full of veterans like you used to. Now your veteran leaders are, you know, year seven, year six guys, and, and they're still in this new generation. So, you know, I think that's why you have all these owners, especially with these older coaches, these multiple interviews. Because if you look around the league, even at a coaching standpoint, they're starting to get younger from there. They're starting to get coaches 35 and 38 and you have guys on your team, some a few guys that probably play with these guys that are getting in coaching uh, positions now. Yeah, and it's win now for a lot of these guys. But, I mean, if you look at Bruce Arians was an older coach, like you mentioned before, and he went to Tampa and he won there with Brady because they were all they were all on the same timeline. It was a win now window for that mm-hmm. team. And if I'm Joe Douglas and my job is to put together a winning franchise, I at least have to think about Going behind Salah, I know he hired Salah. He likes Salah. Going behind his back to Woody Johnson and saying, hey, look, Bill's still out there. Like, he's not hired yet. It's not going to – it doesn't look like it's definitely happening with the Falcons. Like, we have a real shot at this guy. Like, wouldn't you make that change? Like, even if it – like, I don't think it would upset Rodgers. That's first of all. I know Rodgers doesn't want to be controlled by someone. He wants a coach that he can control, that he can walk all over. How's that gone for him this year? Not great for the team, right? But I think like if I'm Joe Douglas and I'm like, my job could be on the line. I might be coaching or general managing for my job this year. Don't you want to have the, at least have the conversation with the owner that's saying, maybe we get the best possible coach in here to get these guys to pull it together, to be the team that the best possible team that we're trying to maximize in the next two years of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I would, why not? Why not interview Bill? Let's be honest. Like, let's let's truly be honest with ourselves. We're talking you, about a coach. Is there a scenario that system. you can can you interview Bill and if he says I don't want the job, still go back to Salah, or do you have to fire Salah if you interview Bill? Hmm. It's undermining him a bit. Like, I, I I get it. I mean, they do it all the time. The players, <laughs> don't they? What I do you, mean, they, what do you they, mean they, by that? They. They bring in players on off days. You go in there, you see this guy that that's running around, and you know he played with the OC. They, they, they're signing players left and right. So, I mean, it's business. At the end of the day, you can't take it personal. Can you imagine you know, Robert Sala walks, just walking into his office one day, and he sees Bill sitting in, in Joe Douglas and Willie Johnson's office talking to them? Yeah, because I've I walked into the cafeteria, and I've seen C.J. Spiller. I've seen... Zach Stacy, Stephen Ridley, you know, I seen these. Yeah, guys. look at look at you. You remembered all these names. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I remember who who they brought in. I remember when they brought in uh, what's the guy name from uh, from the Saints? Used to be a little scat back. Uh, he came to I the Jets, man. About. 
uh, Darren Sproles? No, 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 no. Yeah. no. So, no. Uh, yeah, but th- my point is they do it to the players. You know, what they, they, they do it to the players. I mean, we, we come in on – if you if you go in an off day, you'll see 10 guys working out. <laughs> right. You know, they're not calling you saying, hey, Blau, hey, Rami, we're, we're bringing in three running backs to work out. No. If you don't go up there, get out of bed, go up, get breakfast, and, and, and go through the facility – you won't see the 10, 15 guys that are trying out on Tuesday, on an off day. So, I mean, why not be able to interview a coach <laughs> and let him know he's on a hot seat? Is he the win to go get out the way? You know what I mean? So it's, it's business, man. You can't take it personal. And that's what I learned later on in my career is, you know, I had this personal attachment to the Jets and I had to realize it was business. Like they didn't want this old guy back in the building after a neck injury. So... You know, it's, it's it's business. Take it for what it is. Yeah, I get that. I mean, to me, that that makes sense. I guess you know, it it sucks, <laughs> and I think they should do it for the head coach. Like, it, I get why you would feel that way, but also it kind of motivates you, where it's like, hey, the head coach. But, but does he you know, have to know? But for you, it's weird. Well, he's going to know. Do, do, he's no, in the I'm just building. saying. Do, for you, you no, have I'm to saying that, do you think they meet with the guy. Do, do you think they meet at a neutral site and, and they get this this conversation? I'm sure a lot of these conversations. Hey, happen. I am hoping. I am hoping against <laughs> you, hope that that's what's happening right now. Funny, that, they're me- that they're meeting at a neutral site. That there's some secret meeting happening right in now. Idaho. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That they're hiding out in like, no, in Bill's house, like on the Hamptons or whatever, or wherever, and like Nantucket. You know, hiding out with Bill Belichick, having some sort of secret meeting with him. Remember last year, though? You know, I I, th- I know for a fact they're not doing that. Because remember last year when they went to go meet with Aaron Rodgers, like it was the bit like everyone knew that the entire private jet with Woody and and, and Sala, they all but flew who out there together. That, though? Like, Someone leaks that. You don't leak that. Yeah, leak somebody leaked that. But at the same time, the Jets aren't very good at being discreet and private about what they're trying to do. I, I yeah. doubt that they had any conversation with Bill Belichick. And it's ridiculous. It's pathetic, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, if you're trying to win, you got to bring somebody that's proven to win. I mean, Robert, I, I, I like I him. Think I, they I sat do down it. with the guy. But you you have to win. This is a win league, you know. You know what the thing is, though? When you mention the coaching versus the players, like if you bring in C.J. Spiller, Bilal's still on the team. We're not cutting you. You now have a chance to go out there and still, you know, earn it every day. Mm -hmm. If you bring in Bill Belichick, see you to the entire staff, essentially, right? Like, But do you give him a role? Do you give him like a consultant role or some kind of – that way you can move him in – when, right. If you need to. So that's interesting. So you may, you think you make Bill a consultant now. If he doesn't take a head coaching job this cycle, you make him a consultant. And then it's basically someone holding a shotgun to Salah's head. And no, if at no. any point Salah's, <laughs> Salah doesn't do well, all of a sudden Bill slides right in. We got yeah, you. <laughs> I mean, listen, just get him in the building and, you know, put give him a role. You know, Salah's that, that way he's like around that, the building. That, 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 looking yeah. over his shoulder the whole time. <laughs> well, he probably won't sleep. He, he's game planning. He's trying to win now because it's like the hot seat. Let's be honest, man. They do it to players. Why can't you do it to coaches? That's not a bad idea. If Bill's willing yeah. to do that, something like come in like, no, hey, you're in a consulting role. Kind of what they told. We talked about this already, but kind of what they told Doc Rivers in Milwaukee. They brought him in as a consultant. Two weeks later, he was the head coach, you know, like that. That's how it is. All right, let's take a quick break. I want to talk about a couple other things. We'll preview the games also coming up this week, uh, the championship games. And I do have a question for you about certain guys in the AFC and on the Jets this year. So uh, we'll talk about all that and a whole lot more coming up next. All right, coming back, there's something that I talked about on last episode. You weren't here, Bilal. We talk, I talked about the AFC next year and the missed opportunity the Jets had this year, because we talked about Justin Herbert. He's going to be better, obviously with Jim Harbaugh. So that's one quarterback you have to worry about. I don't think the chiefs receivers, they're not going to go into another year with these terrible receivers. That's two quarterbacks. You need to worry about Lamar Jackson's still there. That's three. I don't think the bills are getting any worse. That's four, right? They might not be getting better, but they're not getting worse. Miami's interesting. So Miami lost Vic Fangio. Did you see this? Vic Fangio is going. He was the defensive coordinator in Miami. Now he's going to be the defensive coordinator in uh, Philadelphia. I think that's a big move. Um, 
for both Miami and Philly, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but sticking with the quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, probably going to be healthy. Deshaun Watson, probably going to be back. CJ Stroud, going to take another step. This was the year in the AFC to get it done. And when you talk about the Jets, oh, next year's a do-over, next year is going to be a gauntlet to try and get through the AFC. You think the AFC is tough every year with Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be even tougher next year, barring injury. You think Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be better next year? You think Anthony Richardson coming back to Indianapolis isn't going to be better next year? The AFC is going to be hell next year. So did the Jets miss their one opportunity to go on a serious run in the AFC? Uh, Like I told you, it's a small window that you have to look at. and You have to make your decisions based on that window. It, it, you can't sit back and say that we're this a rebuild year. This is you know this is in college. It's it's a, you have to win now, and you have to find a way to win. And if that means moving guys around, um, you know, digging deeper on, on scouting reports uh, from the scouting department, not not going after the big names, but guys that can actually come in help you win. You know, we saw what Bill Belichick did with that for years. He he didn't find the 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 superstars he found the guys that one they bought in to his system two they were players that no one knew about so he knew how to mold those guys into what he wanted for his system you have to find that for new york and when you talk about a defense that is now consecutive two what three consecutive years two consecutive years being in the top five number one defense this year what the jets yeah you, it's it's two jets, it's number two years, two years right it, it, you have you have to find that piece. It's not hard. It's, it's it's not like you're building an entire team, Rami. You're building maybe a couple of players on the other side of the ball. If you can't get that right as an organization, will you ever be able to get it right? This was the time to win it. And and the the one decision I think that allowed that didn't allow the Jets to go on and make this run when they were given chance after chance, even on their losses. They were still giving chance after chance with other things that were going on around the league. They couldn't get that one piece right. Make it right. And when you make it right this time, have a backup plan. Let's have a plan, a plan B that if plan A does not work, then plan B could at least get us to where we're going. It, it keeps us on this track. The biggest thing in the National Football League, Rami, is the margin of talent. That's what you have to focus on. Everyone's good. Everyone was the best player coming up in Pop Warner, coming up in high school, coming up in college. And you put all these guys on 32 teams. And the biggest thing that you have to figure out is how can we build a a roster where the margin is as small as we can make it? And when you look at the position that we lacked in, it was the biggest margin. And it was one of the most important positions on the field. So when you talk about going to back to Rodgers as our starter, have a plan B. Who is going to be your backup player that could help this team get to where they're going if something happens? Because it will happen. Injuries happen. You have to get to that point where, one, the guy fits the same scheme. We don't have to change up the playbook. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to put all our eggs in one basket. Find a way to make that margin as small as possible and you have to make that run. I, I think this is the this is the year where I feel like that I've been a part and that I've been watching the New York Jets that you fire a coach midseason if it happens. I've never seen it in New York. We, we've seen all these guys who finish the season, then they get cut. I think this year right here, if, if it doesn't go as planned, having Aaron Rodgers, you have to get rid of him and, and give yourself time to at least get a, still a couple wins late in the season and, and get into the playoffs. Yeah, and with that is it's it's so interesting because you think that if they had if they somehow held on and won ten games, Rodgers could be back right now playing for them in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So do you think it's more about the Jets and you can't really worry about what other teams? Because I listed all those other teams getting better. You can't worry about what those other teams are doing. Yeah. You just got to focus on making yourself as good as possible. Exactly, because Romney trades happen. Injuries happen. You, you can't worry about what other teams do. You can't allow other teams to dictate what you do as from a scheme standpoint, from an organization standpoint. You can't look at it and be like, okay, they're loading up. We need to load up. No, we need to figure out what fits us. My head coach scheme, my offensive coach, uh, offensive coordinator scheme, my special team coach, his scheme, 
you have to find the players that fit that scheme. You can't have too much pride to saying, well, you have to come and fit this scheme. That's where you are wrong. Go out, make the effort and find the players that fit that scheme. If you look at Baltimore, look at look at look at their quarterback group. Their quarterback group, yeah. he fits the, is it Travis Huntley over there? Travis Huntley? Tyler. No, Tyler, Tyler Huntley. Huntley. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, Tyler Huntley. He's the same as Lamar. There's no difference. You so that that tells you right there that those that organization is a good organization. Now, is he is he Lamar uh Lamar Jackson? Absolutely not, but they have the same attributes. They're the same style quarterback. That's what you need to do from each position. Find guys that fit the same 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 scheme and guys that when you talk about number 2, the the talent margin is different. So for the Jets, what's interesting about that is that they now know they have to make some moves in this offseason for offensive line, for wide receivers, whatever they need. And the players know it too, because Sauce Gardner was on social media replying to a tweet that said, I think it was actually from our friends at NYJ, NY Jets Media that we had on. Um, they put out a tweet saying, who do you want to see the Jets add this offseason? And Sauce Gardner, of course, is on Twitter because all Jets players are on Twitter. I don't know what the Jets social media policy is. Apparently, it's tweet as much as possible. That's the Jets social media policy as a team. And by the way, if Bill Belichick came in here, I think he'd take the guy's phones away. <laughs> um, but they, Sauce Gardner tweets, T. Higgins and, and um, Calvin Ridley is who he wants to see come to the Jets this year. Do you have a problem? And he was saying it in a fun, joking way, just replying... Do you have a problem with uh, a guy like Sauce Gardner going out on social media and talking this way about, hey, we got to bring in these two guys? Absolutely not. I, I don't think it's a, it's a problem at all. Um, I would push for that. I would push for that. But what you have to understand is, as a player, when you're pushing for these guys, how the guys that are currently on the roster are going to look at you. Yeah, you, Alan Lazard's got to be mad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, you were a healthy scratch three times. I don't care if you're mad. Yeah, I mean, you have to look at the guys that were previously, that are that are currently on the on the roster when when you're talking about bringing in these guys. You know what I mean? Like that's what happened with Jamal uh, Jamal Adams when he was talking about bringing in dogs and going to get these guys. Yeah. He he vouched for you know Le'Veon to come and and Le'Veon came in kind and he averaged three yards a carry at fifteen <laughs> yeah. million dollars a year. Yeah. See, and that's what happens. But you know, at the end of you the don't day, forget. I, I, oh, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Do you hold grudges, or you just I don't, don't hold grudges? I just know that um, even at year nine, I was still a productive back. You know what I mean? But I, I guess I wasn't explained um, to. I, I wasn't explained that I was going to take on this veteran role, and you know all these different things. But you know, I get it. It's it's it's, it's part of the game. Coming off a neck injury, paying a guy, you're forced to play him. But anyways, um, but I, I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. But, you know, you just have to take, you know, it's like a consequence for everything. You know what I mean? So once you say that and put it out, just understand how other guys are going to look at you around the locker room. Yeah. And one of the other things we saw on social media was the offensive line posted a picture of I think it was like 13 of them. Aaron Rodgers took the entire offensive line on a Vegas trip. And that's something you love to see. They went on a golfing trip, his first time golfing since he had the surgery on the Achilles. So that's a good sign for him health-wise. Apparently, he had a hole-in-one. There's no video evidence of it. So I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. Mm -hmm. But then he took them all to a Vegas Golden Knights game, a hockey game out there. Um, so that's kind of cool. Like You like to see that. Like The offseason is like just getting started for them. And Rodgers taking out the whole offensive line. Um, a unit that struggled a little bit, obviously, and it's been much maligned talk about. And he's taking them out on a golfing outing and taking them to to Vegas. Like, wh what's your reaction to that? You want to see that. That's what it's all about. And, you know, it's... it's Leader. It's, it's, I mean, you want to see that, man. And, and I, I've been a part of, of teams where, you know, that, that guy that's in that position uh, doesn't really mess with other guys and, you know, that creates... Uh, separation and division on the team, but you want to see that, man, and, and those guys deserve it, man. That offensive line probably went through the most uh, 
trouble this year. It, not even for sure. From a, I mean, the amount I mean, of just injuries and you know guys moving around, probably playing positions and size on the offensive line that they've never played before. Just sacrificing for the team, and you know those guys they don't get. They don't get applauded for for doing their job every single snap, man. They only get exposed for messing yep. up. You know what I mean? So that's a very hard position. And, you know, when I played, I felt like I always made an effort to uh, show my appreciation to those guys. And you have to show your appreciation to those guys because they're in the trenches. They don't get their name called. You know, they don't get in the end zone. They don't, you know have all you score these touchdown, give the ball to them, let yeah, them yeah, spike. You, you, you yeah. have to do that, man. And and, and Aaron's in the in, in the position in his in his career, in his life to to be able to show some of those guys. Some of those guys are probably on uh minimum, you know, salaries and they probably never seen the things that they experienced with him out there in Vegas. So you, you want to <laughs> see that man, because at the end of the day is it's a hard sport. But it is a brotherhood, man, and, and and the more the closer you are off the field, man, the better it is on the field. Have you seen some of uh, Chandler Jones's music? Chandler. He's been po- he's been posting on uh, Twitter. He's been, bring, I'll send you a song later. If you haven't... Let's bring him. Oh, on. you know Chandler? No, I, I, let's see if we can bring him. I'd on, love man. to have him on, dude. That would be awesome. I, have you I seen some it. of these songs? I'll send you some of these songs. He had a song about um about Bill Belichick. Um, why fire him? Gruden fire song. I mean, you hear that song? I mean, it's, he had it's a, a song about Gruden, song. right? Gruden, and then he had this. No, he had no, he had this song about Belichick, and then the, the Gruden stuff was with RG3. That was Will oh, Compton, yeah, was, who, yeah, Will Compton went at uh, at, at Gruden because he's like, I played there, I don't know, you know, RG3 and Gruden were going at each other, and he's like, I played there, I could tell you what happened. Um, what was the other song he had? I'm trying to remember now, but Chandler Jones had two songs. He's thinking of doing a podcast now with AB. I definitely listen to that podcast. Oh, uh, man, that, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> they want to call it CTESPN. No way. I, I swear, go to Twitter, look up CTESPN. <laughs> like, it's a joke. It's funny, but it's not a joke. Like, these guys. They're having fun though. Yeah, I can't like he's sitting there smoking a cigar and just singing his. Well, I don't music. know if it's cigar, but yeah, God knows what it is. It looks thick though. It's it doesn't Vegas. look like it's a Vegas. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, we have games this week: AFC and NFC Championship game. The Ravens are hosting the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. The Ravens are minus three and a half. Give me a score. Give me a prediction for this game. Mm. That's a tough one. I, I, I'm picking the Ravens, definitely. And the points? Ravens. You like the minus three and a half or just to win? Uh, I like them by a touchdown. Wow. Look, the Ravens have dominated every single team they've played, mm-hmm. including the 49ers. They look so much better than everyone. They look like the most complete team in the league. They should. They're at home. They should win by a touchdown. I think they win by and a I touchdown. And I think the line's three and a half because Patrick Mahomes, you can't bet against him. Like, it's crazy. Like, like the receivers, from what we've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs this year, Kelsey kind of take a step back, although he had two touchdowns last week. The receivers dropping passes. Pacheco's questionable. Why is but Kelsey like, dropping passes? Well, who Who's to blame? I think Taylor Swift is that what you're trying to say. We're gonna get Yo, you, see Jason, J- you see Jason Kelsey with his shirt off, yeah. and jumping in and out of the suite. That's he was athletic. Can you do that? Can you jump into the suite like that? Oh, absolutely, man. Oh, yeah, you could still do that. Dude yeah. just finished playing a football season this yeah, year. Like, you're, you're a couple years old. I don't do know that about that. Plus, though. Yeah, it's crazy. By the way, I'd take him in a heartbeat if he wants to, if he decides not to retire, mm-hmm. I, I, he could play center for me any day of the week. You, you know, um, he said on the podcast that every time he snaps the ball for the for the brotherly shove, when they do the tush push, he said as he snaps it, he yells, F my life, because he hates being at the bottom of that pile. No, you, you haven't heard that? <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Yeah, either way. Um, yeah, again, Taylor Swift's a distraction. I agree with you. There's no reason why the Chiefs should be in this game. This should be like... If you were looking at it blindly and it wasn't Patrick Mahomes and you were just looking at these two teams, 
the Ravens would be like 10 point favorites in this game. And yet I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. I just can't do it. It was Brady for 20 years. Now it's Mahomes. I'll never bet against him in the playoffs. I don't care. Even if he loses this week, still next year, I'm going to bet on him in the playoffs. Like last year, he was coming off of losing to, to Joe Burrow and the Bengals, right? And still, when he last year, I'm like, I'm not betting against him. And then he all went on and won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Dude couldn't walk. And then in like the biggest moment of the game, he takes off for a 25-yard run. Like, it doesn't matter with this guy. No matter what happens, he's going to get it done. He's the, he is the greatest I've ever seen. Meaning Brady still is the GOAT because he did it for so long and so many years and won so many times. I have no doubts, barring injury, Mahomes, if he wants to, is going to get there. If he wants to play till he's 35, 40 years old, he's going to get there. Mm-hmm. He's that special. Don't you think? I, I do. And, and I think, and he, by the way, Lamar's been the best quarterback in the league this year. Lamar yeah, has been the yeah. best quarterback in the league this year. Yeah, but I still I can't bet against Mahomes. Man, listen, I, I, that Ravens defense—they're good. They're good. Still, I, I just—I <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I can't. Oh no, Roquan and 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 those guys—they're going to be shutting down Kelsey over the middle. Like you saw, there were linebackers. How many times was there a like a third string linebacker? Because all the linebackers on the Bills are hurt. Like how many times was there a third string linebacker or safety stuck on Travis Kelsey against against the Chiefs on Sunday? And Kelsey was wide open. That's not going to happen with Kyle Hamilton, with with Roquan Smith, with Patrick Queen. Those guys are going to be bottling up Travis Kelsey. That's going to be the entire and game plan. Mike McDonald the, will be existing in the run game. I don't think. Yeah, the the DC come on the run game. The DC Mike McDonald has done an awesome job, and I think he'll he'll bottle them up. Right, like he he knows that those three guys that I just mentioned, Queen and 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 Smith, and obviously Kyle Hamilton, are going to have to be on. Travis Kelsey. So now Patrick Mahomes is going to have to rely on guys like Christian Watson and Rasheed Rice to make plays for him. Mm-hmm. Not great. And yet still I can't bet against Mahomes. You know, like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I got the Ravens winning by seven. All right. I, look, I think you're right. I think logically that makes sense. And yeah, I, I'm going to go with the Chiefs to at least cover the three and a half. And I think the Chiefs win. I'll take them on the money line also. I think they win like 27 24 i think it's a close game at 27 26 oh. even like a one-point game i think it's right there can't wait to be there on sunday i hope you're listening effie because i want to be there on sunday um all right let's uh let's move right along to the nfc championship game and this game is a touchdown spread and i think these two teams are actually closer than the chiefs and the, and the ravens you don't have the superstar quarterbacks on both sides like you have a lot of been said about brock purdy and they're favored by seven at home. The, the, the San Francisco 49ers, probably the favorites to make the Super Bowl coming into the season. Brock Purdy was hurt last year in the NFC Championship game. This is his chance. A lot has been said about him. He's a system quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. What do you think of Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy is a very good football. Uh, he's a quarterback. He's a good quarterback. I, I agree. Like, I think he's not, what, he's what not a system him? guy. He's a really good quarterback. He's a, he's a really good quarterback. Now, obviously, he can't do what Patrick Mahone does. He, he doesn't have the do talent it. for that. He doesn't yeah. have the natural ability, but neither yeah. did Tom Brady. Exactly. And, you know, he, he doesn't have the, the ability of, of Lamar Jackson. But he's a good quarterback. And, like, you can't take that away from him. And he's been consistent. This is the second year where he said, well, you have to keep – he's been consistent. Go look at the games. They said, well, he fell off this year. He had the same – the similar stats earlier in the year that he had last year. So I feel like when you set a standard for a guy, um, they almost want you to keep elevating. He's doing that. He's doing exactly that. I mean, he was a, he was a front runner for the MVP. He's, he's still in talks for that. He has a good – he makes everybody else around him better, if that makes sense. Like, if you don't have a good quarterback, I don't think Christian is able to do what he's doing, Debo, all those guys. So – He's a good quarterback, and in his own lane, he's a good quarterback. And the reason he's in his own lane is because the game has evolved. If we're talking about 10 years ago, he'd be in a, in, in a higher discussion because that was the pocket passer era. Now it's about guys being able to run. He doesn't fit that. 
So he's not going to be labeled a top quarterback. He's he's not running around like Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar Jackson, a, a Jalen Hurts. He's a true pocket passer. So I feel like the era of that has gone. And at one point in time, those type of quarterbacks, they used to get criticized, those those running quarterbacks. And now it's praised upon. And now the pocket passers, are, oh, he's just bored. He's average. He's just a guy that controls the game. That's a quarterback. Yeah, that's a exactly. very good quarterback. That's yeah. what you. And, and by the way, he extends plays in the pocket. He's he he scrambles to throw as opposed to scrambling to run. You know, mm-hmm. exactly. And 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 that's what you want. Obviously, he's he he doesn't he he may be behind his time being that pocket passer, but he's a good quarterback. I think he can go be a starter on any other team. Not over that guy, but he can start and help a team win. And any other team in his national football team win. He's a good quarterback and. I know everybody was saying he's not a game changer. How is he not a game changer? Because he's not running. Yeah, you know, that's what you, that's what now we consider game changers. Guys that are running. So you telling me that Tom Brady was wasn't a game changer because he didn't run? Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Peyton, all exactly. These guys. Drew Phillip Brees, Rivers, Phillip Drew Rivers. Brees, yep. Yeah, but the era of pocket passers have gone. So now Brock Purdy would never be mentioned with those quarterbacks because we're in a different era of quarterbacks. By the way, if they lose. There's a there's a rumor out there that Shanahan's going to bring in Kirk Cousins because he thinks his team is right there. I, I would take Brock Purdy over Kirk Cousins right now at this point. Kirk Cousins coming off an injury, same, also not a guy who's a running quarterback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they lose and they bring in Kirk Cousins, like I will go right now if I'm the Jets and trade for Brock Purdy and make him sit behind Rodgers. If Rodgers gets hurt, you're the starter. And when Rodgers is gone, you're our starter. Like, like that would be a no-brainer to me. Yeah, but I don't, I, would, I don't listen. If Brock Purdy goes anywhere, he's to be a starting quarterback. He he he's he's proven himself. He's he's gonna come with a ticket that is gonna not allow you to put him on the bench. I'm. I would trade you, a first round pick for him. I would. I would trade the Jets this year as much as they need offensive line help, as much as they need wide receivers. I would trade a first round pick for Brock Purdy. Like I think he's that valuable. He's he's a starting quarterback. He is absolutely, and he's proven it. In fact, in fact, I would trade Rodgers and a first for Brock Purdy. Ooh. If they don't win and they want to run it back with Rodgers next year, hometown, whatever, and you get Brock Purdy in here, he could be your court starting quarterback for the next twenty years. Hmm. You don't think so? <clears throat> first round swaps. First round swaps. I, I just don't see him coming in here if he's not the starter. So that's what I'm saying. You're trading Rodgers. You want to get rid of Rodgers for Purdy? It's a guy coming off a 41 year old coming off an injury for one year versus having a quarterback who could be the guy for the next 20 years, 15 years. Hmm. And then well, speaking of, no, he won't be a backup. He'll come in and I be said, a who will be your backup. Who cares? They need a backup anyway. They'll find a backup. Like they need well, to find a backup either way. Doing doing that, finding a backup. No, no, they're not very good at it. I, yeah, Tim Boyle's not going to be the backup. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Anyone's better than Tim Boyle? It's crazy. The Jets found the one quarterback in the entire world who's worse than Zach Wilson. It's like we can prove that Zach Wilson's better than someone. Here's Tim Boyle. Um. We got to pick the game and we got to go because it's All been right. too much. Um, like I said, San Francisco favored minus nine and a half or minus seven. Sorry, minus seven favored by a touchdown. You like the Lions, right? You 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 said that early in the show. You said you like the Lions. You think they're winning this game? 23-20 Lions. Lions win by three. I think the Niners had their bad game last week. I think it was a bad game. I think they got it out of the way. I think... This week they'll come out strong. I don't think they'll win by a touchdown, but I think is they Debo, will. Is Debo hurt? Is Debo going to play? He, I think he's going to play. I think he's okay. going to play. Um, I think the line. I think uh, the Niners win by between three and six, somewhere in that range, where it's like similar to you, like 26-23 San Francisco. I don't think they cover the number. I think I think uh, Detroit does cover the number. I don't think the Niners cover it, but I think they win. 
Um, and that gives me a Niners Chiefs Super Bowl again, and it gives you a Ravens against the Lions Super Bowl, which would be crazy. They played each other earlier this year as well. Uh, so that would be pretty nuts. I know. Let's hope. Let's go. Yeah. I, 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 right. I want to see Lamar get one. I'm going to be honest, man. I'm oh, Lamar. for sure. And, and like we said, this is the year to do it because this Chiefs team is only going to get better with the wide receivers. They're not going into another season with – Zero, zero wide receivers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's uh, that's what I'm thinking. All right. Um, that's going to do it for us. Obviously, like, subscribe, share the podcast with a friend. We appreciate it. And until next time, Bilal, I'll see you. All right? Yeah, I'll see you, man. Let's go to eat a damn snack. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.